objective. Thrill me. Thanks for joining us again. Week three of Thrill Me Podcast Oktoberfest, Jared. We've gone for something new here, directly released to Netflix a week ago. It's called There's Someone Inside Your House. And what have we paired that with, Jared? Uh, well, we decided to slightly break the rules. Much like the film, there was we'd heard a bit about this, probably aimed at people younger than ourselves. <laughs> um, much younger uh, than ourselves. <laughs> yeah, much younger than ourselves. <laughs> We've paired it with some White Claw Hard Seltzer, mate. Uh, something that we'd seen <laughs> plenty of hype for, but that, uh, you know, not to play our hand too early, that maybe not be, m- might not be for us. <laughs> but <laughs> didn't, quite, didn't quite live up to expectations, did he? Yeah. <laughs> he was quite friendly, not Jared. Quite. When I bought this, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> what have I become? <laughs> hey, look, there's, there's some positives I mean, around free. There's some positives around the White Claw. And occasionally, you know, I've had I've had uh, white claw previously, and it has tasted okay, but leaves you a little little wanting in in some areas. Well, let me just lay some stats on you with the white claw for all you um you workout machines that most likely listen to this podcast. <laughs> Ninety five cal's a can, natural flavors, two grams of carbs, it's gluten free. It's perfect. It's perfect. So, of course, uh, you know, yeah. if you if you were one of the high school jocks from this movie, you'd be asking, where's oh. the White Claw? Because I'm, 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 I'm pairing sh- the White I'm, Claw with the cocaine. Yeah, I'm in a shredding phase and it needs to be natural and gluten-free. <laughs> uh, does anyone happen to have any pills and powder, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, this isn't the only thing I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> It's not the only way I'm getting shredded. Fuck, what are you talking about? You know what, Jared? This will keep my schoolgirl figure so I can have a couple. (laughs) (laughs) Let's pop this puppy. (laughs) Uh, Get yourself a couple of rock hoppers, mate. That's what you need to really kind of of fill out the figure. Well, yeah, fill out the figure. And if you want to do this podcast by yourself... (laughs) 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 Because I'm... uh, I'm uh, engaged <laughs> with a few too many rock hoppers. So let's give this thing a, t- a try, eh? All right. God. Mm. Excuse me. <laughs> well, obviously pretty good then. <laughs> Looks good on the outside. <laughs> well, I ended up with black cherry. Whew. Which yeah, well, you particularly... might get lucky. Give us a give us a quick critique of the black cherry. Yeah, look, the black cherry is not too bad. I thought it was. I wasn't sure what I was in for there, but it's not too bad. The urine. Well, the, uh, sorry, the urine. <laughs> the watermelon <laughs> is <laughs> again. Leo, fucking. I spoke out of turn there. <laughs> the watermelon is pretty average, unfortunately. Yeah. But similar look, to the film. Stop me from smashing it down while we're done. Similar yeah. to the film, you get a little bit of character, uh, but <laughs> but it's a little uh, yeah. little lacking beyond that. Well, look, it's got pedigree. Looks great from the outside, but once you dig into it, got some problems. But I will I will put away a couple of these while we talk. <laughs> now, of course you will. We've got a bumper episode. Before we get into it, 
Let's talk a bit of news, Jared. A couple of pieces of news that we would most certainly be interested in. The Friday the 13th lawsuit was finalised, I believe, and Victor well, Miller did win. Yes. Victor Miller won. Well, it was, I believe it was just the decision was upheld. US rights, is that right? Yeah, US rights. So Yasin, Yasin Voorhees is still still there for the taking, but <laughs> I think um, there is still the option to go to, you know, to take it to the Supreme Court, I believe. But basically everyone said they wouldn't even look at it, so they won't, they, they won't bother. So to me, it suggests yeah. that it's, it's time to cut a deal or, or we're going to be fucking screwed. Well, well, the counter would be: Is it time for Victor Miller to basically send Cunningham packing? Well, he, this he, is if the it's thing. Been upheld, he now owns the rights to Friday the Thirteenth. But he doesn't own the rights Does that to not like. Mean? I, I don't believe he owns the rights to like you know the the grey area is around the adult Jason the mask. Obviously, the mask didn't come into it till part three, so he doesn't own that. Well, so it's sort of up in the been, air. Wouldn't the argument have been made that he owns Jason Voorhees because Jason Voorhees was in the first film and he wrote that? Doesn't matter what came later. Jason Voorhees is a character itself. Yeah, is but I believe not? you know some of the some of the traits of the character and and this and that. Like, I did I did read a bit of. Larry Zerner's work on Twitter, again, sort of breaking down bits and pieces. But as far as I can tell, look, so from Victor Miller's angle, all he's looking for is a little bit of, as you said, he just wants to wet the beak a little bit. He's, he's, an, old, he's an older man. He's getting on, but he's got kids that, that he wants to make sure are financially sorted. Mm. And his feeling is that, well, you know, you hi- you hired me to write this piece, and you've been living off it for how long? Why why haven't I? Which to me is sort of fair enough, really. You know, there's there's, there's all these horror stories of you know people like the creators of Superman and and people that got tied up with Bob Kane that that got cut out of Batman and stuff like that. That they've gradually been sort of trying to trying to cut agreements with, and let's be mm. frank, if if Sean Cunningham was a decent bloke, he would have come to Victor Miller years ago and said, "Here's your stake, a small percentage, but yeah, it should look after it. It should look after you." But it's exactly what goes on with all of that stuff, mate. Yeah, as soon as yeah, the fucking it's... thing becomes successful and there's big money involved, these people become basically fucking subhuman idiots. Yeah, that's right. Like they, but I they think just, they suddenly start going, oh, I can't, hang on, hang on, I, know, I can't give that money away. Yeah, exactly. And I think, go around. I think I'd be looking at, at Sean Cunningham as well and thinking, well, you're a, you know, I've, I've got a respect for what Sean Cunningham has done, but essentially he's a middling sort of talent who has been looked after for years by this franchise. And yeah. now, so are his kids, you know? Like, his kids have got opportunities, or at least one that I know of, has got opportunities because of the franchise. So it's fucking fair enough for Victor Miller to be looking at it going, well, I wrote the damn thing, why aren't I? Yeah, that's fair. So I'm actually kind of quite happy that it was upheld. Yeah, same, same with I me. I think he deserves I, his time. 
That's right. And initially, you know, when I first heard about it, I was sort of like, oh, he's just, you know, he's just just trying to trying to um, get on the gravy train and was kind of like just, I hope he goes away. But the more I've looked at it and the more I've learnt about some of these other cases and things like that, I, I feel like, no, nah, it's fair enough. I, I think he should be given a cut. And if Cunningham would just come to the party and say, here's your slice, there's still enough for everyone, let's go. You know what? They wouldn't have even had to go to go to court if Cunningham was smart. But That's right. It seems like he's just too. He believes in his stance, which doesn't sound like it stood up to any scrutiny, and he's now possibly going to lose the rights to it. Well, if it was me, if I was Sean Cunningham and I was in that situation, he was smart enough to see the game coming along that he tied Friday the thirteenth into. Saw that it was an mm. you know a nod to Friday the thirteenth and said, "Hang on, let's make it Friday the 13th. Mm. I would have looked at that and said, "This thing's gotten millions of players on board. People that never heard of Jason before are playing this game, and this comes up. I look at it and I talk to Victor Miller and I say, "What do we need to do because we've got an opportunity here, and if we miss out." We miss, you know, we miss, we miss a golden chance, and I feel like he's done that. I feel like he's missed, he's missed an opportunity to get right on the back of the game, put a movie out there that that was gonna be successful. And in in the thinking of that, it's like, well, if I fight this lawsuit for twenty years, I miss that chance, and how much more am I missing in that time? Whereas if you cut a slice, you say, yeah, I get a bit less cash, but we're gonna make more altogether because we've got this chance here to get back on the. Back on the field, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the good thing is it might open up some some movement with the the franchise, maybe. Mm. We might get a film sooner. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. The other piece of news, which is another interesting one, is the reboot of uh, Hellraiser, which I believe has just wrapped filming, if I'm not mistaken. They have cast a female uh, in the role of Pinhead, which I'm kind of pretty pretty cool with. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with that that approach of of all the the horror movie kind of villains because it's coming from hell and there's all that supernatural sort of stuff to it. It works either way in my mind. Um, well, at the yeah, end that's of the day, right. It's going to come down to how good the quality of the the acting is, but you do it right. I think it can work either way. I don't think it matters if it's a male or a female. Yeah, I agree. I think it's um, it's one of those ones where I feel like it it makes sense. Like you said, there's nothing to say that this demon, you know, coming from the box, coming from hell, has to be male or female. I mean, they've already had plenty of female. Um, Xenobites in yeah, the mix, yeah. anyway. So yeah, I'm totally okay with that. I mean, when we were we, yeah, we sort of briefly, that. when we sort of briefly mentioned it, we're in this we're in this period now where I feel like sometimes the whole gender swapping thing is almost just for the headline to say, "Look, we did it," mm. without actually any kind of I don't know any necessarily any big thought behind it, other than oh, this is what everyone wants now. But sometimes I feel like, yeah, there's that's that makes sense and that works. There's you know, and this is this is one of those cases where it's like, yeah, well, it can certainly fit that mythology that's that's been put in there without 
any sort of issues. Yeah. I believe the actress's name is Jamie Clayton. I don't know a lot about her, but at the end of the day, I'll be, I'm, I'm definitely prepared to see what this reboot brings, and I, I see no issues with taking it in that direction, if that's, if that's where, the way you want to go. Yeah. So for me, I'm comfortable with that approach. Yeah. All right, that's the news. Let's take a break. Here's the trailer for 2021's There's Someone Inside Your House. Look, it's pretty obvious here. You're a good kid. There's a lot of pressure to be perfect. Sometimes it's easier to be ourselves around strangers than our own friends. You had no relationship with Jackson? No. field of life. Hope they're serving fireball up in paradise, brother. No, I want to die. Doesn't make sense, you know? Why would the killer go after Jackson? Got secrets. Careful out there, friend. Crazy people in this town. Uh, I have a secret. I accidentally ran over a hitchhiker and dumped his body into the ocean. Is that bad? I just Shit, there's someone wearing Rodrigo's face! Just are who you are. You don't have any secrets. You can't hide anything anymore. But Connie, I know who you are. Whatever little game this is. I don't die. Whatever you think you know. You don't know shit. You know my secret. Hi, the killer's here. He's wearing a mask on my face and he's forcing me to record offensive hate speech at night. There's someone inside your house, directed by Patrick Bryce, who directed Creep. It's produced by Michael Clear, who produced Mortal Kombat, Dan Cohen, who produced Free Guy, Sean Levy, who produced Arrival, and James Wan, who produced Malignant. The screenplay is by Henry Gaiden, who wrote Shazam, and it's based on the novel by Stephanie Perkins. It stars Sidney Parker's McCartney Young, Theodore Pellerin as Ollie Larson, Aisha Cooper as Alex Crisp, and Dale Wibley as Zach Stanford. I don't have details about budget, budget, and there's no box office because it's obviously going directly to Netflix. And the only trivia I, that was in there was uh, that it is based on the novel, the 2017 novel by Stephanie Perkins, which I have actually read as well. So hopefully I'll be able to sort of bring a little bit of that to the table. All right. I'm going to come straight out and say there's a couple of really effective sequences at the start. And within the first 20 minutes, I was sitting there thinking, we're on to a real winner here. 
The opening sequence specifically is fantastic. But then we meet the characters and we get bogged down in all that for, quite frankly, about 45 minutes or something. And by that stage, I'd kind of lost <laughs> lost the enthusiasm for the piece. Uh, the characterizations are one-dimensional. The teen drama stuff is boring. And when it actually finally gets to the killer's reveal, it was just kind of so anticlimactic. I was just like, oh, well, let's get this over with. Strangely enough, it takes some changes to the the uh, to the source material, but the book's got similar issues. I gave it two out of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was right there with you. Two out of five is, is where I finished up. Yeah, you're right. There were certainly some things early on that had me pretty excited for what was coming. It felt like it was putting together some really nice slasher elements early on. And then when you first sort of start meeting the kids, it was kind of like, okay, well, this, we kind of got the group and a group of outcasts and misfits and they started to look like they were going to cover some interesting territory like the gay guy on the football team, how that environment was, was going to work. Yeah. But it all just fell to the wayside and, and all these characters that at first looked very interesting ended up being, it was almost like the, the, the broader representation and these situations early on were like the character. They expected that that was the character and that's that was going to make it a bit deeper and whatever, and it just didn't because once you introduced them, everyone just fell yeah. by the wayside. Some of those things were never even touched on again. And so, you know, as we go along, obviously we're going to get into spoilers later, but as we go along, it became pretty apparent who the, who the killer was at a certain point. Oh, yeah. And... You just kind of look at it and you go, why? And then when he tells you why, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it just, yeah, yeah, it just fell really flat towards the end. And as you mentioned, they didn't even load up on the slashery elements, which was, which for mine were the most successful part of the whole thing. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. It just it felt like they 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 felt the characters were more interesting than they actually were. Yeah, definitely. Which again, and we've had this conversation many times, Jared. There are people who have read this script in the in in the production office. Are you telling me that none of them are going? You know what? Some of this is pretty boring. We need to throw in a couple more kills. Yeah. You know, like the good old days of the 80s slashes, the Fridays, mate, where where Tom McLaughlin would take you a Friday the 13th Part 6 with 13 kills and Frank Mancuso would go, we need four more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> yeah, right? um, Frank you know, Mancuso knows that's what your audience wants. I think we could have got a Roger Corman to have a fucking flick through this and say, hey, I can tell you what you need. <laughs> <laughs> Roger, stop, stop. <laughs> you need a party stop, with a girl strip off. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I, but I agree with what you're saying. The slasher stuff was very effective. Yeah. There are a couple of sequences in my likes that were straight slasher and they were fucking awesome. Yeah. They were yeah, really well directed. They were creepy. 
they actually had tension. But then you think, oh, these characters and oh, look, I'm not. I'll, I'll get into it in a minute. Just a just a side note. I I had also been talking this film up with a, a good mate of mine. Um, and a shout out to Shannon, who's a good mate of mine, and she's a big horror fan. She watched this as well and gave me the skinny on her thoughts. She gave it two out of five as well and had very similar issues to me. So I don't think it's been overly well received. <laughs> no. When we first got introduced to the characters, I was mm. looking at it going, hey, this is this looks like it's going to be, you know, a, f- a bit of an imitation of Scream. But yeah. it looks like it's going to be all right. If this is where we're going to go with it, it's kind of a modern, modern sort of casting of characters. But mm, I just yeah. I couldn't believe how little any of them got to do. Look, let's let's get into let's get into it because there's some shit to be discussed in the dislikes. I think where a lot of yes. us will probably come up. Yep. As far as likes go, I think the premise is solid. Teens all with secrets being killed off. It's a little bit derivative, similar to something yep. like I know what you did last summer, but I think it had a. Had a decent enough hook, yep, to open up, and and the perfect kind of hook for a slasher film. Yeah, absolutely. I I thought the same. As you said, derivative. You could see the sort of I know what you did last summer. So kind of you know everyone's got a secret sort of thing. But the opening had me thinking, well, I'm okay with that if it's going to be as as sort of stylish as as the that opening scene was. I felt that yeah, did exactly. a really good and, job. And, and that's my next like. The opening sequence is fucking awesome. Yeah, I liked it. The I liked way it. It, it builds the tension, it, they, they move things around the house, they constantly keep you on edge because you don't know what's going on. The egg yep. timer's there, then he, he wakes up, he goes to sleep for a while, he wakes up and the, the phone's gone, the car's gone, the egg timer's been moved. All those things are happening. And there's some real tension in the air. Mm. Yeah, I, I, and I liked it a lot. He walks through the house and sees all the pictures, and you get yes. a good, quick sense of what he'd done. Yeah, got a little thing to mention about the pictures, but the idea, I absolutely loved it how he's walking along and so, you know, we're sort of seeing what happened unfold without great detail. We know, okay, it looks like they made it pretty clear, okay, it looks like a football team together. It looks like some sort of, I thought, hazing when I saw the fucking bag on the head and something's gone very wrong. So, yeah, I really liked the way that played out, that you got that story through the pictures and the whole time we never let up on on him sort of working his way into that situation. So. Yeah, and then, of course, having his Achilles tendon slashed, which is one of my, oh, it, it makes me cringe every time I see yeah. that kind of thing. Well, he got the deuce, I mean, didn't he? He got so both of them. Painful, yeah, he got them both. And oh, the shot, the shot so was painful. excellent. I love the shot walking closet. Sorry, above, from the first, roof. And then you see yeah, the, you yeah, just see you it see from the knife the, come on out. top, and that fucking hand with the knife just comes out. That that looked excellent. Yeah, and so I really dug all that stuff, and then sending the video at, to everybody is one last sort of. Pushing it out there again. This is why this guy got what he just he got what he deserved. Yeah, I, I I dug on that. The whole lot of that was just fantastic, and it led into the opening credits. And I was just like, this seems like it could be pretty good. Mm. And then we followed that up with another two sequences that I really liked. I really liked the bit with the 
the, the, the grandmother and the you know the, the utensils hanging from her door as because yep. of her sleepwalking and they used mm-hmm. that a couple of times and they used it in that opening sequence where she was walking around and you thought she was being stalked as well and then she turns around and there's a really good jump scare with the grandmother's behind her. Yeah. Really awesome scene. Yeah, I thought so that back uh, opened back. up pretty well, that, that idea again. Yeah. Something different, but it worked. And then we follow up with the girl in the church. Yeah, which, which was again, excellent. I liked it. The whole I liked thing it with a lot. her going, calling him, and uh, sorry, sending him a text, thinking he's up in the rafters cleaning up. Yes. And she sends him a text and he goes, oh, I wasn't able to make it. And then you realise it's, it's the killer. Mm. And I kind of dug on the masks that he was yeah, wearing. The masks was a good idea. The, the wearing the mask of the person that he's killing was, I thought that was an excellent idea. And prior to that, I actually liked the way they set that girl up too. I liked the way that they they kind of put the characters together in the cafeteria yeah. where they're, you know, they're all together. We're getting a little bit about them. You know, you can see that they're isolated from the, the popular group. You know, we get a little bit about their kind of social standing. We get a little bit about what each person is like sort of. And I thought that this was this is setting things up really well. That girl that ends up getting killed in the church, I thought that was quite amusing in the way that she's, you know, putting herself out there as as one thing and then, you know, you hear her yeah. podcast and it's kind of like, yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> that sort of Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was all kind of lining up and it was all looking pretty good. And my favorite part of that was when she's on the phone to 911 and he just fucking mm. From behind the, rams her. the stall, just rams yeah. it. Yeah, that was that was. So he puts the knife point, through the front. Yeah, he comes from the back and jams her onto it. I thought that was really cool. At that point, I thought, yeah, we're onto a winner here. And uh, it wasn't long after that that I started to realise that we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Rodrigo, the bloke killed at the party. I thought mm-hmm. that was handy. It was gory. The nice little slope, throat slash. Uh, I've got a dislike to the whole thing, but um, overall I kind of was pretty happy with it. I like the use of the stun gun, so I was pretty happy with that. I, th- I felt the best sequences in the film was where he, he the, the killer attacks her in her home. Yeah, that wasn't bad. Building tension by moving things around. You hear the bells on the door, mum's door go, uh, grandma's door go, but she's not there. And that shot where she's walking up to, she's walking into the room and she sees something on the ground and there's a window behind her and she bends down to pick it up and he's standing in the window looking at her. Yeah, that was cool. Really cool shot, really creepy. Uh, And that whole sequence plays out really, really well. Yeah, I quite like that as well. Especially that shot that you mentioned where he's at the window. And that's just one of those yeah. things where I, it's hard to do those anymore because we've seen so many variations of that, that to get one like that where you mm. kind of look at it and go, oh, shit, yeah, I like it. Yeah, lovely work, like really, really well shot. And, look, I'll probably give the director a bit of a pat on the back. I think he produces some pretty striking shots and shoots the film pretty well uh, overall. Yeah, at those times, definitely. There was one notable exception to that that I'll uh, I'll be mentioning, but um, I'm getting to yeah, I, I would agree. I would agree. I thought thought for those those portions of it, it was definitely uh, a, a pretty good job. 
the corn maze, it's a fantastic mm-hmm. location. Yep. Like, fantastic. I haven't seen that in a lot of films recently. And it, 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 would work, it works for that creepy vibe. Yeah, it's fits with the setting that they'd put together. And, yeah, you can imagine it could work. Didn't quite always in this one. But, yeah, I, I was the same. I thought, yeah, there's, there's something here as well. When they, when they first si- sort of suggested that it was, that's where, like, the finale was going to be, I thought we were onto something there. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I did like the killers shoving that sword basically through that guy's face, straight up through under his chin, through his mm-hmm. head. Yeah. Like that, happy with that. Again, possibly too little too late for me. Yeah. But I liked it from a from a gore and a kill perspective. Yep. And my only other like, Jared, was I had to chuckle when the killer remonstrates about how it takes so fucking long to make those 3D masks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it does too. Like takes forever. Yeah, I've done a little bit of 3D printing. It's not a quick process, but I, I found certainly that to didn't be rather amusing, kind of meta, you know. Yeah. Certainly didn't have to uh use the 3D modeling software that they showed uh very briefly where it was taking the picture of the people from the yearbook and then fucking putting the whole thing together from there. Oh yeah. God. But I thought it was a funny and kind of light jab at the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Did you have any other likes? I only had one more that I cannot believe that you went past. Was it a fart gag? No, no, it wasn't a fart gag. uh, (laughs) If there was one, please enlighten me because I'll go back and watch it. (laughs) No, there wasn't. But uh, (laughs) when we first get to the school, and there's one of the other blokes on the football team giving a speech about Jackson. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was loving it. Like when he kicks it he off. He starts singing. Oh, yeah, shit. he starts singing. But prior to that, he kicks it off with Jackson Pace took a knee on the field of life. But damn it, if he didn't love every day like it was the fourth quarter, and I'm sitting there just cracking up going, yeah, I like it. That's good. Yeah, yeah true. True, that yeah, was quite that was good stuff. Cracking it. I believe yeah. the song he starts singing, it appears to be the bloody the team football song, but he's putting a kind yeah, of somber right. spin on it. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, it's, it's ball music. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff was gold. Good on you, Cockhead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Into the dislikes. Mm. I mean, the characters are so thin. I'm yeah. like you. When, they, when we first meet them in the cafeteria, I thought it's an interesting, eclectic group. Yeah. And and we could get some real mileage out of this, but once Definitely. we get to know them, and they're basically they're nobodies, all of them, including her, including yeah. McCartney. Yeah, she she just gets nothing other than her secret, and everyone seems to have their character defined by, oh, here's my little secret, but it doesn't really work for any of them. No, no, and the whole romance with Ollie takes up far too much time and, uh, I don't know, maybe it's it's not a great performance, but it's really poorly sketched and he just seems to, he, all he does, his only characteristics are he gives brooding looks and he wears a leather jacket and that's about it. Yeah, and this is the thing. We set up all these characters. We set up the rich kid who's a disappointment 
to his to his father. We set up the gender fluid character. We set up obviously the yeah. main character has a has a fairly hefty secret that is weighing it down, but we don't get anything for any of them beyond that. And then even as you said, she she gets hooked up with Ollie, and we're yeah. focusing on just this regular old teen relationship without the baggage of it all. Really. I mean, they they try to touch on it briefly, but it doesn't have any impact whatsoever. So we get we get into this story, and and none of these none of these things that they've put together actually kind of seem to pay off or to go anywhere. Agreed. You talked about the gay football player, mm. but not much happens with him either. Which again could have been an interesting angle. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I also, you know, there was this one moment where they they take the piss out of the football players. And this is where I thought we were going to go. I thought every football player we see early on is, you know, like the like the guy uh, Jackson that gets killed who's clearly a, just a shit bloke. The yeah. guy that starts, you know, the guy that's got such little self-awareness that he starts saying the things like he took a knee on the on the field of life and all this sort of stuff. But then uh, what's his name? Caleb, I think it is the the yeah, gay uh, footballer. I thought, yeah, there was a point where he says to one of the group, "Well, you know," he says something like, "Well, you know, thinking that way about the football players makes you as stereotypical as them, or something." Yeah. And I thought, okay, here we go. Well, we're going to get into his story a little bit and and start to flesh it out in in a little more colour and see what's what's going on there. And I thought we were going to get a, a, a different view of some of the football players, but nope, it's just the same. We get Caleb, who's who's different. Every other football player we see in the, in the movie is a meathead with no fucking brains. And, and so in that opening scene, that's kind of just a, a an example of what happens with almost everyone. We get this little, little uh, hint of some some really interesting development and some really interesting background for their character that then just doesn't go anywhere with anybody. Correct. And it really bogs the film down, yet nothing's really being resolved. No. The film is, from about the 25-minute mark to over the hour mark, not a lot occurs. Not a lot is, is brought forward. With characters yeah. and their development, as but and one of the big problems with a movie like this, especially when you actually do go with a mystery element. Now, I will spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read the book, and if you're actually willing to read the book, if you've seen the film, the book doesn't have the mystery element. Mm. It's just some random guy. It's really fucking disappointing. Yeah. And so the the movie wisely rectifies that because it knows nobody's going to be real happy with the fact that it's just some random dude, right? So it needs to be a character that we know. Mm-hmm. Fine. But you don't, you also don't give any red herrings of any substance. So none of the characters, the only one who you think it could possibly be is Ollie. But do we? Because he's I mean, got a stun gun in his car. car. Yeah, I know, but the whole time. Everyone's calling him. Oh, you're a sociopath. You fucking you dress like a school shooter and all this sort of shit. And every time we see we look over the cafeteria and see him kind of sitting there brooding, we're like, it's not him. 
It's not him. <laughs> we just we look exactly. at it and you go, it cannot be him because he's the only one you've pointed a finger at through the whole movie and you haven't sort of sent exactly. us through any hoops to sort of twist us up and say, oh, maybe it's not him, and then go, bam, yeah, it is him. Like, we, we just look at him the whole time going, no, it's not him. <laughs> like, yeah, and you could have played with them. Caleb could have been a suspect. That other dickhead footballer could have been a suspect. They could wouldn't, have put some work in to make them a sus them suspects. Well, wouldn't that have been natural? It's like the guy that the guy this guy died, and we found out he he beat you up. So we're yeah. looking at well, you. Well, they tried to go that. They they mentioned that once, and that's yeah. it. So if you're trying to lean on that and say, "Oh, no, he was a herring," no, he wasn't, because <laughs> you never kind of you never put him in a position that we yeah. might think he we did it. I mean, I never yep. thought he did it. No. I didn't think I mean, any one of the characters did it. No, that that's right. Well, <laughs> I was sitting there thinking, well, is it really a mystery? Well, I, you know, as we as we kind of sort of mentioned, this was another one of my dislikes. And it's feeding into the same thing that now that we've sort of mentioned Ollie and how they kind of poorly mm. sketched out that red herring. It it started to go. I mean, I think it was about the halfway mark. Where I was looking at mm. things and I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure who it is because there doesn't seem to be anyone they're putting out there in any, in any way other than Ollie, but I'm, I'm not buying that. So I had a bit of a look at it and I just thought, I think it's Zach. And that was kind of what I was looking at. But I was sitting there going, I don't really know why yet. You know, I, I thought, okay, well, we, we're obviously going to go into that. But I just couldn't kind of shake the feeling. The things that fed into it were, you know, the, he was the one that kind of put the put the party together, looking at who was around in particular situations, and the way that they kind of, it just it just sort of moved towards that that direction for me. It kind of could only have been him. Well, yeah, there was a like, couple of things where I looked at it and I thought it really did only seem seem to fit him, but when they finally get there. His explanation was such a such a disappointment. I mean, yeah. I, I think you you look at what they're going for, and he's saying we're all wearing masks. You're all not who you say you are, essentially. And I got that to a point, but there was nothing done prior to that to really have it mean anything when it when it came out at the end. Yeah, it doesn't stand up to any scrutiny. Like when 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 you're looking at it, and he gives us this, you know, let's face it, pretty fucking lackluster explanation as to why he did it. Mm. It's just like, uh, like it's kind of like, ah, oh, all right. Well, like you get to the end, and you're very much it's a letdown. It's very anticlimactic for me when he took yep. his mask off. I was yeah. just like, oh, that guy. Oh, yeah. Right. We talk about these things all the time, and you know, I've, I've spoken about Scream and, and, and movies like that that get this sort of thing right. But the key to all of this is you put a herring out there, but then what you do is you give us a little bait and switch, and you, and you give us a sequence that says, no, it, could, it couldn't have been them because of this. Yeah. Just like Scream, you know? It couldn't be Billy. He's dead. But he's not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you take you, you take those herrings and you, and you you slowly kind of try and tell us that it's definitely not them. Well, right? the other thing you do is 
This movie doesn't so, do any of that. Well, that's let's. I mean, num- number one, let's not let's not pretend it's easy because it's not. There's a reason why only no. you know certain films get it really right. Correct. The, it's issue, not easy. the issue for with this one for me was okay. You've set up this one red herring, but you never give us any reason why it could possibly be somebody else. There's never anything. Like with, mm. with Scream, you know, they start talking about Sydney's dad's phone and the calls are coming yes. from that phone and they start talking Randy's about, you know. a potential suspect. Randy's a potential suspect. We see the sheriff put out his cigarette butt with the same shoes that the with killer boots, appears yeah. to be wearing. There's all these things that, that make you look at it and say, well, it could be somebody else. And obviously, you know, looking at that now, they also had the two killers to have a killer around when the other one was around or something like that. Yeah. Like they had they had that kind of advantage going for it as well. Yeah. But this one didn't give you any reason that anyone else could be doing it other than oh well everyone's got a secret and it's got to come out. They didn't they didn't give you a hint that oh, it might be this it might be this person because they've done this or it might be that person because they had the same, you know, the only one that they did it to was Ollie with the with the stun gun. Yeah. And again, by huh. that point you're going, nah, it's not him. <laughs> like <laughs> by that point, fucking minute one. I was like, it's not <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's definitely not him. Yeah. Because the second, you're lingering the second on they... <laughs> you're lingering on him. The moment yeah. you shoot him, you linger on him, he gives you a look of I'm a psycho. Yeah. And I just thought, no way. Yeah, yeah. It's not him. It could not be him. No. And yeah, exactly. the other problem, Jared, though, is it just took a little bit of. I think it just would have taken a little bit more flesh to say, well, that guy who gave the speech, the footballer who gave the speech, mm. he wanted to be the captain or he wanted to be the quarterback or something. So there's a reason and a motive that he might have done it. With Zach's motivation, mm. like, I look at it and I say, well, Something like that could have worked if only you'd gone, like, we come up with this, like, political kind of angle that he comes out with that, you know, I'm sick of apologising for being privileged and all this sort of stuff, which I don't think in itself is necessarily such a bad idea. I think it probably needed a little bit Mm. more workshopping, perhaps, but... (laughs) As we spoke about, all of that put all of that stuff you put into play about classes and people who who are mistreated and people whose you know um, when you look at it, people whose families might have obvious um, political uh, affiliations or leanings and whatever. That all went out the window mm. as soon as we left the cafeteria. It was all just gone, except for okay. And again, here's why you're looking at it, going, "Well, this is why we're leaning in that direction." He gets his car sprayed. He gets into it with his dad mm-hmm. outside the police station. Other than that, all of that political stuff just gets left behind. So when you come back to that as the motivation, it's like, oh, you can't help but look at it as anything other than the missed opportunity. Yeah. There was chances. Like, the film feels kind of... It feels like a first draft. Like there's there's some good things in there, and there's there's some potential, but we didn't mine that potential. We didn't 
another couple of polishes and a couple of drafts might have mined some more of that stuff. Yeah. And we may have gotten there. Yep. But it just feels really kind of kind of a first a first blush and and this is where we are and we'll, we'll rely on on the slasher element. Absolutely. Rely on the slasher element. But have more of it then. Yeah, well that's right. If if, if you if you rely if you're on it, dailies, why did if you... you're a producer and you're you're seeing seeing the dailies and this stuff's pretty good. Well, you do the Frank Mancuso and you say, "Well, have yeah, three yeah. more of those." Three more of those. That's right. Yeah, because that's what you're going to hang it on. Hmm. I think this is kind of this movie's kind of bipolar in a sense. It's got it wants to be more than just a slasher film. Yeah. It wants to touch on more interesting subjects, and I appreciate that. I think that that's. That's something that, you know, you don't, sometimes you don't want to go run of the mill. Sometimes you want to be a bit deeper than that. Yep. Yep. But when your script's not there and your director obviously knows how to shoot slasher, slasher set pieces, you load up on that. Yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's, that's kind of, you've sort of raised some good points there about how, you know, why. When we saw this, didn't we sort of just look at it and say, "Well, maybe we should put more of this in because some of that stuff's not working as much." Like, yeah, it's it's it feels disappointing in that aspect. But it's the old Netflix bag of cash and bring it back to me when you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah the, alg- the algorithm says they'll still watch it, and that's all we need. We don't need it to be good. Yeah, well, well, we've quite a few people have probably watched it. So yeah. Netflix doesn't care about the fact that we, yeah, we're going to pick it apart and say it's not that good. No, because, because we watched it. What they want is, yeah, twenty-five million people watching it or fifty million people watching it. All right, yeah, yeah that's be That's perfect. That's all we want. I tell you what, mate, the music didn't work for me at all. Uh, um, we talked about mic drops and things like that. Yeah, in needle Fear drops. Street. Yep, and they they were needle dropping left and right here, and I didn't feel the music was that good anyway. Like it didn't fit. Look, I didn't mind some of those songs, but I'm looking mm. at it and I'm like, <laughs> if you're talking needle drops, I didn't know any of them. I, I hadn't heard any of the songs, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm not the target audience anymore. I'm I'm well out of, course, of the no, you know we're not. 16 to 20, 23 or whatever you want to, whatever you want to look at it. I'm I'm well past that now, so I hey, kind Jared, of looked... we're not drinking we're not drinking half a dozen half a dozen hard seltzers. No, that's <laughs> right. Not. That's right. We're drinking four X gold. We're drinking <laughs> mud mud that's been straight through a sock. <laughs> oh, mate! I was choking down four X gold, Jared. That's as far as I'm going. <laughs> Well, I choked down a six pack. <laughs> I, only, I at least had the class to only do two of them. Well, I couldn't help myself. 17, 17 bucks for six, why not? Yeah, it was, you know, squeezing some hops through a sock. <laughs> yeah, I could. I couldn't have been uh, – the only way I could have stepped up the class levels is if I had brought a six-pack of long necks home instead. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> yeah, what though? I think a forex gold's more straining some hops through a jock strap. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Look, I I, I shouldn't uh, I shouldn't kick it too much because I can't say I was I, I didn't uh, enjoy a couple of beers that evening. No. But yeah, what though? I've I've been a forex gold drinker on quite a few occasions. So yeah, yeah I probably you love kick it. it. As I said, I'm a cretin, though. <laughs> That's right. When you can't get, when someone else is drunk in all your clubs, <laughs> you're, you're, you're wide open to a forex gold. Oh, definitely. I'll drink anything. Yeah. Now, no. So the music didn't work for me. Yeah, it didn't, can, it didn't feel right. It didn't I feel can, like a fit. Uh, I can, uh, I can take your point on that one. I, I certainly didn't think it was a strong point. No. Now, I, although I enjoyed the sequence of Rodrigo being killed, I just find the party to be a really strange place to produce this. Like, wouldn't you? Like, it, seem, it seems risky. <laughs> like, well, if I'm the killer, it seems risky. The first thing I'm thinking is somebody clearly says, hey, Someone's wearing Rodrigo's what? face or something like that. And then yeah. that person the wearing up. the face goes wading through about 30 people. The first thing yeah, I'm I thinking know. is, let's get him. Like, everyone, come <laughs> on. Like, there's no way, we're, you know, it's just, yeah. That, that He's not did, killing uh, 50 of us. Yeah. That did, that did kind of... Uh, that was on the nose, and it and also the party led. Kind of clears out suddenly. Yeah, well, as soon everyone as they see just... him with a face on. Yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, Whereas what I'm doing, Jared, is just is pulling out another seltzer and go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it over in the corner. Yeah, someone's wearing Rodrigo's face. Excellent. Where's the white claw? <laughs> like, it's just, it's just. Um... <laughs> I had six Canadian clubs. Does anyone know where they are? Yeah, I think the bloke with Rodrigo's face has got him. Like, I, let's let's tackle him and check his pocket. I, yeah, I just and that was honestly that was the first point. That, that was the first point where it was leading to Zach because yeah. he he, he it was his party and he throws the party. He has that bit where he says to him, "Oh, what better way than to get our secrets all out in the open?" And yeah, and. It's just I don't know that that was the first point where I was looking at it going oh it might be this this might be where it's headed but I just I I agreed I just felt like and not only that but everyone else seems to get free and clear of the house pretty easily but Rodrigo is the only one that doesn't and I'm like well shit if you're yeah. ever going to get if you're ever going to get away it's in a it's in a crowd of fucking 50 people or whatever it was isn't it yeah but, it seemed really weird because everyone just clears out suddenly and the place yeah. is a ghost town. Yes. And Rodrigo's then killed out in the open. And everyone's gone. Yeah, it seems and like judging really by the, convenient. Judging by the amount of what I thought was beers, but now I now know it was White Claws floating in the, in the <laughs> fountain there. There's no way that place should have been cleared out so quickly. Someone should have been no passed chance. out on the lawn. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The entire football team is still rooting around looking for beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are right. not clearing out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Someone's They're someone's. I can tell you, someone's poking their head out from behind a shrub, going, "Is is the killer gone yet?" Because I'm <laughs> I'm still thirsty. <laughs> Yeah. They're also looking for powdered pills. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not leaving the premises until I have cleared the joint. That's right. Yeah, I agree. Totally. When we actually find out what McCartney actually did. <laughs> the <audience>. Stop laughing. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's serious. It's nasty because someone, someone gets pushed into a bonfire. It's fucking serious. All I right, mean, but... it ruined a life. She had to change her name. What are you laughing for? <laughs> it was the way it was presented. Yeah, it was a laugh. The idea is fine that they were being hazed and they were drunk and, you know, she accidentally pushed her friend and she tripped and fell into the fire, in the bonfire. Yeah. So, you know, the idea is she's had to live with this. She was charged. But it was all because of the, you know, the, the, the ramifications of the people there, the, the other... Were they cheerleaders or swimmers? Swim yeah, it was team. like a Fuck, yeah, it was a swim team. Or a swimming team. hazing is pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, bloody <laughs> oath. Shit. <laughs> but the whole sequence, the way it's shot, is just—it's laughable. Yeah, I was like, laughing. I, I too laugh. She gets up, she's drunk, she turns around, she walks over to a friend and goes, oh, we need to do this, and the girl pushes her, get away from me, and she just gives her a shove. <laughs> yeah, is just straight into it. <laughs> yes, goes fucking straight into the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you get stuck into me for laughing at the kid getting run over with the steamroller in maximum overdrive. <laughs> And it appears that you have found your equivalent. Someone getting someone getting pushed and very badly burned in a bonfire. And you're sitting there laughing. I don't know. I don't know. I know. You're I shouldn't sitting there laugh. laughing your head off. <laughs> it just looks so bad. Yeah, it was just it was so shocking. badly done. It was shocking. <laughs> like you need that you needed to sell that. It was a real important part of the film. Well, the, the we needed to sell what she'd done. The thing for and me how is bad that it was. The hazing stuff felt <laughs> like it should have had way more impact because when she explains yeah. it and the flashbacks going on, personally, I think it needed to just get a little bit nastier to to start with. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like the girls making them just fucking guzzle alcohol down there, and it needed to come across as a little bit fucking harrowing. But as you said. We get we get in there, and it came across to me like I don't know, like a scene that of, we've had a couple of beers, and I accidentally yeah. pushed you into the fire. No, it, it came across it came across like a scene out of uh, you know when when you or I would be playing Red Dead Redemption Two, Adam, and um, you know someone would be this is what it felt like. Someone would be walking past you, and they go, "What are you looking at?" And then you go, "Boom!" and just shoot him. That's that's kind of what the sequence played out like. She kind of bumped into a friend, and her friend's like, oh, get away from me. Oh! <laughs> just straight into the fire. Oh, it, it, it was horrendous. It was horrendous. It was. It, it was, was terrible. the worst shot sequence of the lot. Yeah, And it's definitely. like you're trying to sell the harrowing experience that she went through, right? Yeah. And, and how badly this has affected her, but yet you la- I, I laughed. Yeah, so I mean, did maybe I. Maybe I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a prick of a bloke. <laughs> no, no, but, yeah, I laughed. <laughs> but but I, I guess that's no measure out of people who would have watched it. 
<laughs> you laugh at fucking anything when someone's badly injured. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course I will. But you had to sell it, and the way I see it is exactly what you said. It needed to be over the top. Like, the, 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 the hazing needed to be super over the top, yeah. you know, to the point of, like, Physical violence. Let me, and stuff. let me tell you, if they were pouring, if they were pouring alcohol down my throat like that, it would have been harrowing. You'd have, you'd have seen me in the fetal position going. <laughs> you know what? My first response would have been, "I'm off the team." <laughs> I'm immediately off the team. I'm this bullshit. <laughs> I think I would have accidentally knocked someone into the fire whilst I was, you know, charging over to the bush to fucking heave my guts out. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't have been a kind of, what are you looking at situation? (laughs) It was a fucking accident. I was just running past the bloody roost in the the bushes. (laughs) But you know what? That's what it could have been as well. I mean, it was so badly handled, it could have been that. It could have been, it almost had like spoof vibes. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like something you I mean, see Frank just... Drebin do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it, yeah, it did look like that. It was Again, really, it, really poorly if done. If it was me, I'd have been stumbling over to you going, we need to get out of here. And then spewed and accidentally knocked you into the fire. Like, simple as that. <laughs> and everyone would have had sympathy for me. <laughs> They would have seen that. You well, know, let me they, tell you something, they, mate. If I'd have drunk that much piss, I probably would have preferred to be knocked into the fire. <laughs> so this yeah. could be over with. <laughs> well, you'd go up pretty quickly, I, I'd imagine, with that amount in the uh, in the system. <laughs> yeah, I'd have been coated in alcohol. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. But they spend all that time trying to sort of teasing out that she, what her her, her issue was. But then when we get to it, it's just so laughable that, it's, again, the anti-climax of it all was just like, oh, God. Like, yeah. It was so lame. And yeah, it, it actually had a little bit of a – it kind of reminded me of what the footballer had done. Well, that's the thing. Because that was, I was kind of looking at it, stuff as well. And I felt like, where's the parallel? Because it's almost the same – looked like the same sort of situation. I thought they would have paralleled it in some – some sort of ways, but again, nothing. Yeah, it just kind of felt it was really poorly handled. And speaking of poorly handled, Jared, the corn maze, what a waste. What yeah. a waste of a location for mm. a slasher, a one by a killing people off one by one. Like, yeah. That would have been so cool. Yeah, I thought it would have Even been. Even when uh, it was on fire, it would have looked well, that's really right. awesome. Yeah, I think it it could have been used to better effect. I felt I mean, like they were going to one felt, good shot. Well, I felt like they were going to use the killer in in there slipping it slipping in and out of the yeah, slipping in the and out of the rose just... or something like. But no, nothing. No, nah, didn't even use it. And there's only one really good shot there, and it's from behind the killer as he's walking up, and he just kind of he just keeps walking and goes straight into the corn, like just just disappears. Mm. It's a really nice shot because they're, they're they're coming up behind him. Well, that's um, right, and that's that's kind of what it. that's what set up the expectation that oh yeah, you know this could be this could be pretty good. Yeah, they just don't they don't use it at all. No. And fuck, if you're going to drive your car through a corn maze, are you not likely to run over a few people? 
Well, there was always a chance of that, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, boom, boom, oh shit. <laughs> I'll worry about them later. <laughs> yeah, was that corn? I didn't sound like it, but. Look, it was a big. It was a big cob of corn. We just, yeah, yeah. Like, it was a big cob of corn that went, ah, when we ran over it. <laughs> it spoke, it yelled out and said, help me, but fuck, it wasn't a human. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, God. And then basically to sum it all up and to finalise it for me was just Zach's reveal just was so, so kind of limp. I yeah. just didn't crackle with any energy. Like I didn't, I didn't feel excited. To, oh shit! It was him. No, that just kind of happened. That's right. It's uh, that was thoroughly disappointing. And by that stage, I'd kind of given up on it. You checked out already. Oh yeah, I was kind of like, this. When is this going to be over? Yeah, like, I was a bit the same. By that stage, I was kind of out of it because the film had not gripped me enough, Like, and I was sort of longing for that first 20 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. I you was know, in the same boat. I felt I exactly felt like the same. we hadn't seen anything decent in that time that we'd had, and it was probably another hour. So an hour, an hour, an hour and five minutes had gone past, and I was just pining for that first 20. I was just like, oh, God. And so mm-hmm. when he's actually revealed as the killer, I was just like, oh, shit, all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I. Do you uh, have any other dislikes, mate? I did have one. I forgot to mention it when we spoke about. It was really the only thing I I didn't necessarily like about the opening stretch. Yeah. The photos. When you stop and have a look at them, they're shot like like they were taken from a movie sequence. Right, not or, um, sh- or from a fucking, from point of view. Yeah, well, <laughs> you see the pictures of him beating on the guy are shot like a movie where someone would, you know, like a fight club kind of sequence where you would yeah. have someone on the ground and they'd be punching his face and you'd get the shot of the person from down low looking up. That's what it looked like. And then the shot of him on the ground, again, looked like a, a staged shot. It didn't look yeah. like, I thought the photos should have looked like Let's get, you know, the actors together and we'll get, get someone with a camera. We'll get someone actually with a camera just taking photos while we're doing it and chuck them up as the pictures. Yeah. But they all looked like they were staged from a movie. I couldn't, I just couldn't get it out of my mind. When they show multiple pictures of it, I'm like, I'm looking at them going like every single one of them. It was a little reminiscent yeah. of, you know, the picture of Jason it on the newspaper. It took away from that sequence. Exactly. And it took away from that. That sequence, because that that idea was such a cool idea. Yeah. To showcase the the, the pictures being the the story that we knew he had done something wrong. Yeah, I I, f- I just felt like it it um yeah it just took away In this slightly. Day and age, it'd be a video, wouldn't it? And it was a video. Well, there was a video, and it's so I thought it would have just been like screen grabs from the video or something. Because yeah. the video I'm assuming wasn't. That's what I that I would. Try. Trying the video, to go with, I think that the video wasn't fucking multi-camera. It wasn't fucking. It probably wasn't going to be like a 4K <laughs> setup, <laughs> well directed sort of. But that's exactly what the pictures look like. Yeah, exactly. It took away from that. Just it was yeah, the one like, thing that took away from that scene. Was, yeah, it was the one thing that I looked at in those in those particular sequences, and I was just like, Ugh, I would like you to redo that, please. Yeah, agreed. agreed. Resubmit. You got anything else? 
No, that was that was uh, you know we pretty well discussed the the, the things that I was a little uh, upset about because uh, it certainly was in recent memory it was one of the one of the big ones for me that stood out as I thought yeah I really thought it was going to be a really good viewing experience fifteen minutes in and it's she funny, took Gary, a because- she took a sharp turn. It's funny because I didn't I wasn't all that impressed with the book. But mm. my hope was that the, the, the filmmakers would take a slightly different tact. Yeah. And they did to some degree, but then they left in all this character wank that was also in the book that didn't mm. work. And it didn't work in the book, it didn't work in the movie. You needed to look at it a little bit further uh, about how to go forward with it. And as I said, I think it feels like a bit of a first draft. Yeah, I think that's fair there enough. There was good ideas and there was interesting things that they were trying to touch on, but they never got to them because it's not poli- it wasn't polished again. Hmm. So, I mean, that's my take. I might be wrong. But, I mean, in this day and age, when you've only got one writer on a project, <laughs> that seems strange, you know? Yeah, you didn't have someone, someone else come in and um, rewrite 75%, 75% of the movie. Um, only to pass yeah, exactly. it off to someone else who writes another rewrites another fifty percent of the movie, <laughs> and by the end of it, we've got <laughs> yeah, we've got characters that no longer exist. We've got magicians that were fucking you know mucking around with Michael Myers. We've got all sorts of business going on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But look, that is there's someone inside your house. Quick thank you again to Shannon for giving her thoughts. I'll probably have to apologise. I should stop talking these movies up because I talked this movie up a fair bit and, uh, yeah, look, it wasn't wasn't great, so I probably should keep that to myself in the future. But what um, are you doing if you already knew the book wasn't all that great? <laughs> you well, talked out, oh, yeah, it's going to be a cracker. I had, I had high hopes, Jared. <laughs> I told you. Did you at least mention... Look, I've got high hopes for this, but judging by the book, there's a couple of hurdles to overcome. I think I said at the time the book was all right, and the book was all right. It was all right. But I was hoping that the filmmakers would take a different, a slightly different spin on it. And although they did some things differently, they didn't really flesh out and and fix some of the real problems. See, look, you need to verbalise that early. You need to verbalise. I should hey, stop a, talking because... Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of problems that they might need to fix instead of walking in going, hey, get a load of this. It's going to be bloody awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Strangely enough, I've been doing that wrestling for Halloween Kills too, so far. <laughs> I'll put the kiss of death on that as well. Oh, shit. Excellent. Um... You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podomatic, and anywhere else you get your podcast. Our email address is thrillme at iinet.net.au. We're on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com, and Instagram at thrillmepodcastau. Our next episode, week four, we're going to go to Sorority Row uh, from 2009. It'd be interesting to see what we pair that with, Jared. That's a that's a college film, so something that we would have been drinking back in our Halcyon days. Well, yeah, it is a it university. Is a, it is a college film that's that's a few years old now, so it's probably more our vintage. And I was thinking, um, maybe a sack of goo. <laughs> <laughs>
Sack of goon. <laughs> a bottle of passion pop. Uh, I was, <laughs> because I was, that was the kind of shit I was guzzling back in those days. Well, I was thinking um, four bourbon and cokes that you, you flip a coin. Um, <laughs> and you get the, $7? Yeah. You, well, you know. I was thinking more of the old toss the boss days, where if you you know you flipped a coin with the bloke serving the drinks, and if you got it, if you won the won the hand, you got it for two bucks or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good old days. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what we pair it with. It won't be this ninety-five calorie gluten-free stuff that we're currently on. So it'll be interesting to see what we go with. But until then, take it easy, and we'll catch up with everyone later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.